Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. Today, we're going to be talking about using customer feedback to develop better products and services. And today, I am joined by these two incredible people who are experts, and I have a talking stick for them. So if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself, who you are, and what you do. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Yes, my name is C.D. Young. I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. We own a local martial arts school that uh, is servicing about 214 families right now um, in uh, traditional martial art. Love that. Um, I'm Rebecca Broadwater. Um, We own Amazing Floors, my husband and I, um, here in Bastrop. Uh, It's been in business about 30 years. My husband and I purchased about three years ago. And um, we basically do flooring, countertops, showers. We do a lot of new custom home build. Um, So that's what we do. That's awesome. So I just want to remind everyone, today's episode is sponsored by WorkingVacation.com. If you want to have a seven-day vacation where you grow your business more than you would normally do in six months during seven days while also spending more time with your loved ones without sacrificing your free time, uh, check out workingvacation.com. So um, I know for a fact, the only way to develop a perfect product is to work with your clients. And there's a really good analogy. Do you guys know the the pottery analogy for this? No, go ahead. There was a, a teacher in a pottery school and he gave students at the beginning of the semester a choice. They could either skip every class, take home the, the, the clay and all the tools they need, and then hand in a final project at the end of the semester, and they would be get graded on that. Just create one amazing piece. Alternatively, they could come to class every day, make a new creation every single day, and then on the final day, they would have to create a creation within 24, 48 hours, or what have you, and be graded on that piece. Now, this was a pretty famous educational experiment. The question is, which students did better? The ones that chose to spend three months or four months focused on creating the best piece ever, or the people that made a piece every single day and then handed in their final piece? I would personally say the ones that um, were given the opportunity to to learn and create every single day, um, using an instructor to kind of show them different pieces and tools, probably were able to develop different mindsets about things, open up different doors, and then, uh, but they probably also created within the content of what was given to them. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. I think they also got the opportunity to learn from their mistakes, um, get better and process improvement, you know, better. Um, they got more knowledge from it. So with knowledge becomes power. So I absolutely agree with that. And this is why you're both on the panel, because that is the correct answer. The students that went away and had all the time in the world to create a perfect product had no feedback. They had no failures and therefore they didn't know what needed to be corrected to actually make it good. It really is so much better when you're developing something to develop something that is wrong. Let people give feedback on it, go and fix that feedback, and then later on present it again until the thing gets right. Um, There's a a really cool book called Ready, Fire, Aim. 
And uh, I know uh, I have a bunch of Delta Force clients that I've worked with, and they tell me all the time, we often, with the exception of sniping, it makes a lot more sense to fire, correct the miss and fire again, than it does to try and get the perfect shot first time. And when it comes to business, this analogy is so true. You wanna release as fast as possible, but make uh, allowances for the fact that this is a beta test and be like, hey, this is version one. We intend to make this better. And the key is with that launch, launch it with a questionnaire, a survey, a form for feedback to create a better version two. With that being said, could you share something that you've done where you have taken customer feedback and used it to develop something better? Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is a process. So, um, you know, when I came into the business, one of the feedbacks we were getting is that we didn't have enough slabs on our slab yard um, and we were having to send our customers to Austin to look at slabs, then to order them and bring them in. So one of the things that we decided to do when I came aboard was to uh, rent an additional warehouse and bring in additional slabs. So that took some work because we had to work with our vendors to get consignments um, so they could bring those slabs in. Um, and, you know, some of the things they said too were like they wanted it more of the interior design. So being able to help pick out um, different pieces and really staying relevant in the market that is um, changing now. So, you know, a lot of the farmhouse looks, those different kinds of things like that. So really trying to educate um, our teams on, on styles and decor, as well as um, just having a bigger array of product um, and selection in our store. Love that. That's great. Really cool. And so you can see what I love about that is your, that wasn't even active feedback. You were just observing. This sucks. Like these people are having to travel a very long way to, you know, a completely different location to be able to buy something here, which makes it inconvenient. So I, I love that, that thought process of that customer journey. Um, um, so I'd say the biggest thing that we have to do is we have to constantly get communication with the customer over and over again, because we're offering a service product. One of the things that we are always trying to take a look at is does our message line up with exactly the service that we're providing? I think especially in martial arts, you find that people are here for a whole lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times their kids are here for confidence. They're here for character development. They're here for connection in the community. They're here for martial arts. Maybe they were bullied, whatever that reason is. And the real question is, is, is our product actually reaching their need constantly? Because if it doesn't reach our need, they're going to leave and go somewhere else where they're going to get that problem fixed. So one of the things that we immediately do when they come into the school is we do the intake forms. Hey, why is it you're here? And then of course, after we get them started with the product, uh, there's another survey that goes out. Hey, what is it you'd really want to see from your child? Now, is this event actually reaching that goal for you? And then how do we put that message into the social media that kind of re uh, engages and re um, connects with them over and over and over again that we're constantly meeting that need. I, I love that. Um, I, I've got to work with a lot of martial arts companies in the past and uh, I'm, we're really big on surveys. I mean, one of the first things I do when I work with a client is I'll often get them, hey, let's create a new survey and see what's going on. Almost always I'll hear clients say, oh, we used to do surveys or oh, we did one two years ago. In our company, we do a survey every four months, never longer than six months. I mean, we are on it. We know what's going on because trends happen. Like, you know, what happened six months ago, AI wasn't as big six months ago as it is today. That's a trend that has to be adapted, right? How does AI fit with martial arts? How does AI fit with flooring or, or, or countertops? Like what's going on, right? So we always want to know. And uh, when we ran our last survey for a martial arts company, uh, um, we always brainstormed the answers in advance. We let people add their own, but we like brainstorming them out. And it occurred to me what things may people want to specialize in. And I've been doing martial arts since I was seven. And you're always taught the same thing. 
go slow first. We'll pick up speed later, go slow first. Well, after competing internationally, winning multiple tournaments, the number one reason I win is I'm really fast, really fast. But I chose to train for speed and my coach never trained me for speed. There was never a speed class. So when I ran this survey across all these martial arts students, I put in a speed class and it was the highest voted for class that everyone wanted to learn. Because when you start, you want to go fast and your coach is like, go slow. But then when is the go fast class? When do we have that? And the speed class not only came up as the one thing that, that like 50% of the people wanted, they were willing to spend hundreds of dollars for a two day workshop on being faster, which again, simple thing to teach. But I, I think it's really powerful when we look at a survey like that, because it can show us a hole that we missed. We know the importance of going slow, but do we recognize the desire in our customers to go fast later? Do we ever acknowledge that? So for me, that was a really big uh, you know, breakthrough. And I don't think I've ever sent out a survey and not had some kind of massive breakthrough. Um, one of the ones that we did yesterday, uh, and I think you guys are gonna love this, it's for an industry, it's a very unique industry. The guy's in the room, so I'm not gonna give away the industry, but it was uh, the people on the mailing list, the majority of them were married, uh, earned 150 grand a year, had no kids, and, um, and were men. And this was the majority of the people. There, there, there was a lot more data, but they were like the core four things. And so the question is, where do we advertise to find those people? Where can you go to advertise to married men with no children who make a lot of money? And in the brainstorming, there was one other piece of information that we pulled that wasn't from the survey, which was this particular company sells merchandise. And often the things they sell um, are, are requested to be even larger sizes. So we're not just talking XL, we're talking 4XL, 5XL, 6XL, very, very large. So we can assume that the people there are larger people. And it fits with the culture, it fits with everything there. And it brought up a very unique opportunity for advertising, which was fast food. These are people that work so hard and make so much money, they don't have time for children, and therefore they probably don't have time to eat healthy or work out, or at least they haven't prioritized that, or it's not important to them. Therefore, what is causing them to gain the weight? They're probably not gaining the weight because they're cooking fresh meals every night and analyzing what they're doing. They're probably grabbing a meal as they go, grabbing a meal because that's what's there, and they're working so hard that they need a lot of food, so they're eating a lot, and that's a side effect of it. I was like, and by going into this with no judgment, just very open eyes what's happening, I'm like, we should be advertising with fast food chains and we should be looking at collaborations with fast food chains because that's clearly where your target market is going. And it was such a huge revelation and we'd never have had it if we didn't really try and think, who are these people? So what I'd love to hear from you both is, um, is there a particular uh, method that you like nowadays to constantly check in to develop new ideas and new products? And if so, what is it? 
You know, for me personally, being in the business, I I love to be the mayor of the business. So I have my instructors are teaching the classes. Uh, they're running basically the program that's designed for them. But the biggest thing is how do we check in? So we have three contact points every day, the, the, the entrance, the exit, and then of course something during the class. Um, but while they're in there contacting and, and checking in with the kids, we're out there talking to the parents and finding out. So a lot of times what will happen is we find our customers, even though we're putting out the social media, the emails, the messages, all these different types of things, still don't pay attention to what's actually presented to them as an opportunity. And just in that one conversation, we find that they connect so much more with our business when we just simply tell them about what's coming up and then ask them what they think that would do for their student or for their, for their family. Um, and that one little piece of feedback that we get a lot of times actually helps us retarget um, to the families that we really need to be reaching. Um, a lot of times we'll find like competition. Well, my kids get nervous. My kids get scared. My kids do these types of things. So what we want to do is we want to build something to help present their confidence a little bit better. So almost like you were saying with the speed thing, um, now we're going to hold this special class to get your kid ready to do the event. And now the kid not only is excited to do the event, but the parents excited to see the growth before their child even gets out there. So I think it's really important to, to get that message directly from the customer, especially if you have that access. Yeah. And then how do you add that implementation right after? Well, just listen and put it right in. I, I love that. Um, one of the things that I think is really, really cool about what you said, and we do this when we develop something new, uh, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I know there's, uh, there's a realtor in the audience who's incredible. So um, if I was a realtor and I was really going to want to make a mark, I would run a monthly event and my event would be called Investment Opportunities in Insert Name of Town Here. And I would make it a point that every month I'm going to show the best investment opportunities and I'm going to invite people to my dinner, my drinks, whatever it is where I'm going to share it. Because I know that people that want to invest in property want guidance. And when someone's selling to you, it's like, yeah, but you're just trying to sell me. If you are instead presenting these investment opportunities to a room of 30, 40, 50 people, somebody in the room is going to jump and you only have to share three or four really cool investment opportunities. What's cool about this is in selling it, I don't have to sell any of the details. I don't have to say, I have seven properties. One of them's like this, one of them's like that, one of them's like that, you should come and see them. I just have to sell the one concept. I'm going to show investment opportunities in Insert Town here. Would you like to attend? Very simple, very easy. But now using exactly what you said, I then follow up with, out of interest, what would you want to see from an event like this? So everyone that registers gets hit with that message. And like, well, I would want to see comparables, the financials, what the rent of return would be, what kind of deposit I'd need, do you have mortgage opportunities? I would write all that down and they just designed that event for me. I don't even have to design anything. I just need to sell them on the concept because selling people is always about the concept, not the delivery. And the minute they sign up, contact them and say, what do you want to see? So I, I love that. That's great. And how about you? Yeah, of course. No problem at all. So the question is, what's something you're doing today to continually evaluate and learn more about what the customer's like? Yeah. So mine is really more grassroots related. Um, so cross-functional, um, you know, um, collaboration with not just our customers, but with our team as well. I think it's part of, you know, teaching and growing them to be, to be better, but also to really just break down. So when we get feedback from customers, we really just talk about it as a group. Um, you know, I have scheduled meetings on Monday and on 
Thursdays where we just sit down and we talk about um, our customers and where we're at, how the jobs are going, what their feedback is. And I'm really just kind of, you know, having them reach out to customers, whether the experience has been a, a remarkable experience or not, how could we have made that customer experience even better for you? And just really asking those kind of questions because our business is really about building those relationships as well. Um, we follow the life of a customer's job sometimes two, three, four, five, six months, depending on the stages that they're doing or the different things that they're doing. So building relationships with those customers is huge for our business. And really, like I said, the communication piece between our team and those customers um, is extremely important. So really just getting them to ask just, and then also the big thing to me is listen to what they're not saying as well. That's a big thing with customers. Some, some customers won't tell you and you just have to listen to, to what you're getting from that. So I think those are um, really big key things that I'm doing right now that we've actually gotten a lot of movement from and a lot of growth. I love that. Um, would you say there's a particular product or, or, or something that you're planning on releasing coming off of some of that feedback? Cause I think it'd be really good for people to get an idea of the implementation of that, right? Like, so, Hey, we know is this, so we're going to do this. Uh, one example. Yeah, so I, I mean, I wouldn't say products specifically, right? Because we try to stay in tune with any products that, um, we're seeing that customers are wanting or needing. So I think we've got that piece down really well. I think the piece that is biggest is just building those lasting relationships. I think that's what's happening more. Um, we have a lot more, you know, asking customers for their Google reviews, you know, not just the customers that we know said we're great, but all customers asking them to do it. Because again, I, I feel like sometimes people will only go to those customers that think they're doing just great, right? You want an overall picture of like, how is your business really performing? How are, how are you doing? And are you going to build those lasting relationships that are going to continue to give back to you? Right? So, um, I think when we're measuring that, I can tell you, um, we have a lot of repeat customers, you know, um, that have real estate property or that they are, you know, they did their bathroom or their floors with us, you know, two years ago, and now they're coming back and they're wanting to do their kitchen countertops and their backsplashes. Right. So we've got a lot of referrals coming in. So that tells me that, you know, we're doing good at our business. Right. Um, but when it comes to the broader perspective of like the social media, we have a social media presence. We have opportunity around that still, but we're working on that. Um, but the biggest thing is really just being present in the community. I, I like that. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. The, the honesty around, you know, we, we have opportunities here. It's not like we're not failing. We have opportunities because I think that's what it always is in business. Um, one thing that, that I'll share with you guys, you might find fascinating. You, you, you mentioned it there is three star reviews of your competitors are almost always going to be actual feedback that you can use for your own company. A one star review is often like this place sucks. Stay away. I hate them. It's really just somebody venting. A five star review is these guys are amazing. Everything's perfect. The three star review is usually, I really wanted to like them. However, this thing happened. Yeah. Whatever the, this thing happened is, is exactly what you want to make sure you never do wrong. Mm. So you can go to every three star review of all your competitors and look away and take action steps without surveying or asking anyone about the things you should do to directly fix a company. And what I love 
love about this that's so cool is you've now got really cool, clear steps and people are going to work with you, never have that problem, and you're evolving off of their pain and their mistakes. So if you guys don't do anything else, that's one step I think everyone could take away as an action, action step today and you could really just just run with um, and, uh, and crush. Awesome. So um, what I'd like to hear now is, has there ever been a time when you were given feedback, ignored it, or thought this isn't important, and then it blew up and it was like the worst thing ever? Well, in martial arts, I think that's very common. Um, we come from an industry where tradition takes a lot of precedent. Mm -hmm. And if you think about tradition, it's really just peer pressure from dead people is what one of my coaches says. And I love that. Um, but one of the things that, that we have constantly found, especially as an industry, is that all of our instructors are telling us to do what they did years and years and years ago. And of course, as we continue to follow that advice, it consistently fails us. And really getting a chance to learn from our customers who are constantly changing. Uh, you've been talking a lot about Gen Z people. You've been talking a lot about uh, different generations of people coming in. What is it that is valuable to them now is so important and not thinking in that old mindset is really huge. Uh, perfect example is like uh, martial arts. I want to kick people's ass. Like that's what I want to do. But do parents really sign their kids up to kick people's ass or do parents really sign their kids up to become better people that are more confident so they never have to use that skill. If you fall back in the old mindsets, you're just teaching kids how to fight. If you're learning from those experiences, still teaching kids how to fight, but really teaching them how to stand up for themselves. Now your, your industry's taking off and, and you've actually separated yourself from the traditional uh, elements where those are still being taught. We're only going to teach people how to fight, 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 as opposed to moving ahead and, you know, keep your fight lessons, but really building your core concepts of, of what your parents are looking for, which is interpersonal value, um, the ability to speak for themselves, the ability to raise their hand and answer questions without fear, like different things that are really powerful for kids now. Um, getting away from that old tradition is where we really need to move. And so we had to learn that lesson the hard way for a long time. But it's funny, once we broke off, that's where our, our industry really, really took off for us. I love that. I, I can almost hear somebody right now listening to this being like, God damn, I was going to call my martial arts studio the studio of kicking butt and taking names. And now I've got to call it something completely different. I actually, um, I've got a real reflection on that. Uh, my martial arts instructor uh, who teaches Wing Chun completely changed the initial stance from one that was, I can't even do it, but it's, it's a more aggressive stance to one where he has both hands up. And he goes, so on camera, it looks like you didn't want the fight. So he actually incorporated CCTV camera into his martial arts style. So all fights start from the please don't hit me position. Um, and and he, all his counters assume you're in that position. And that deviation caused a lot of the old masters to be really upset at him. Um, thankfully, like you said, they're not around. But uh, but they would have been really upset with him. And the followers of those traditions obviously were very upset. But he's like, yeah, but mine will make it look like on camera you really didn't want to fight because my style is not about fighting, it's about defending. So I thought that was really cool. And I, I love it with my kids. If you ever ask my kids, if you're like, hey, show me some martial arts, all my kids go, okay, hit me. And it's like how they all start. <laughs> and it's really funny because they don't know how to attack. Um, excellent. So uh, a time that, that you did something 
or, or no, you failed to do something that you got feedback for and it just went terrible? Well, I mean, I think I've always had the approach of, you know, put yourself in your customer's shoes, right? And listen to what they have to say. They're just people, right? Um, I think, I think that having that mindset, I haven't really been in a situation that's kind of blown up in my face because I can kind of feel something brewing, right? So like, I always want to, you know, make sure that I stay relevant. So when we talk about like the generation studies and being able to, or generational studies and how to be relevant today. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I've, I have a history of multi-unit leadership. So I've had to, you know, form fit myself and my personality and my beliefs and my background and things like that to be able to meet people that are younger or older to, you know, be able to, to do that. And that's a strength I think that I bring into our team now, um, is being able to have that ability to do that. We have to flex lead. We have to change, right? We have to know that like you have to be relevant. So in order to be able to do that, you have to listen and you have to not be defensive about what a customer has to tell you. Um, you have to be able to say, okay, I hear what you have to say. Let me build this into my daily procedure or what I'm going to do. And then follow back up sometimes with those customers as well. And be like, look, because of your feedback, right? These are some of the changes that we've implemented. Thank you so much for giving me that kind of feedback. So I think at the end of the day, people are just people, people are just people. And if you just stay true to yourself, uh, people will see that and, and that will help you live a long run. Love that. It's brilliant. So um, we're getting towards the end. One thing I'd love them to, to hear from you is in your mind, what do smart businesses do? So if you're smart businesses do this and, and let them know, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, I, going back to what I said, I think smart businesses just stay in tune with, with their, their clientele base. Um, maybe become very involved in the community that they're in, depending on like what you want to do. Again, we're very grassroots, um, you know, and just being true to what you said. I mean, your, your, I believe your wife earlier said something that really resonated with me, which was, um, you know, really being able to, uh, live the life that you say you live inside and outside of your work. And I think that people see that. So when you're involved in the community and you're doing things like that, you're able to um, show them that I do what I do and I say I say what I am, right? And love people that. respect that. I love that. It's great. I would say that smart businesses don't assume they know the customer. They get to know the customer. And I think that that's the one thing that we constantly learn, especially getting in front of parents on a regular basis is we think that we're delivering one message and this consistently still happens to us and just having those conversations, we realize that there's a lot more context to the reason why they're there. And so getting to know them helps us evolve that product clearer. I love that so much. Um, as always, please remember that this episode is brought to you by workingvacation.com. Learn what it's like to reduce the amount of hard work you put into your business and get more results in less time. Yes, you truly can grow your business more in seven days than you can in six months. Check it out and learn more. Let's have a wonderful round of applause for these incredible people. Thank you so much. That's it for us, and we'll see you next time on Smart Businesses Do This. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.